0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. We've developed this weird culture, and it's, it's kind of like we celebrate the one-man band. And it, it's, we, we look to the person on the platform, we look to the traveling evangelist, we look for the prophet, we look to all of these people to come in and do some stuff in our lives. But the fact of the matter is that's not what God's plan was. That was all rooted in Old Testament. Old Testament, God used to work through the priest, and He used to work through the King, and He used to work through the Prophet. And that's who He used to work through. And if you needed something, you went to those people. But what he said to us is this in the last days I will spread my spirit and shed it on and spread it out on all flesh. So if you're flesh, it's it's available to you. And so the opportunity is I, I want to encourage you today. I'm going to speak to you about a message that I just Let the Holy Spirit minister it to you because it will transform your life. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that, not me. (laughs) And He doesn't lie. (laughs) Okay. Um Luke chapter eight verse forty three. Now a woman having a flow of blood for twelve years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and couldn't be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you and say, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out of me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason that, he, that he had touched, she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Um, I'm going to use this and I'm going to springboard off this because I want to talk about a few things one of the biggest things that gets to me is Basically, this woman was disqualified from being in the environment that she was in She should never have been in public let alone with Jesus a holy man Because of the issues that she had technically she was a pariah in society and she should have been removed from society and The thing is, she had to come to a place where she understood that what was most important to her and what was the prevailing driver of her life was the fact that I needed to get in touch with God because if I can touch God, something will happen in my life. And it transcended everything else. And what's important for us is this. I want to encourage you. What will set you free is... Hold on. Before I get ahead of myself. We disqualify ourselves. We really do. I don't know how often you think about stuff like this, but very often when we deal with the things of God, we put ourselves in the context where we sit and think, am I capable of doing this? Do I have enough faith to do this? Am I a person, are are my beliefs organized the way that they should be? I feel like I'm not worthy of something that God's going to give me. I feel unholy. I feel guilty about my life. I feel, we we look at who we are and what ends up happening is the focus of our life and what we're looking at is me as, as opposed to him. And so what ends up happening is all too often we never pursue presence because we disqualify ourselves. And what I want to tell you today is this. I want to give you some fabulous news that will set you free. And it's this revelation. It's not about you. (laughs) This is really important. It's not about you. It was never about you. It isn't about you. And it will never be about you. Say, it's not about me. Okay. There's a liberation in that because what it means is take your eyes off yourself. There is a temptation to always look at myself and those things that disqualify me. And the minute we do that, we put ourselves in a marginalized place with God. It's not about you. I heard it out of your mouth. You said it. It's not about you. It's about Him. Remember this, everything in Christianity points to who he is and what he's about, what he's done, what he's accomplished and what he's provided for you. Everything goes back to Jesus. Jesus is the be all and the end all of everything. He's the start and the finish, the alpha and the the omega, the beginning and the end. Everything starts and ends in him. Take your eyes off yourself and get them on him. Start looking at Him. When you put your eyes on Him, things will begin to happen. Things will begin to shift and change in your life because your perspective and your view is altered. When Christ came, He said, it's more important for me that I leave the Holy Spirit with you. What's important about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit is always going to point to Jesus and lead you to His presence. That's His role. The Holy Spirit will always... Point to Jesus and lead you to his presence. The, Jesus accomplished everything for you. That's right. He's the one who died and rose from the dead and provided opportunity for us to step into fullness of life and relationship with God. That's what he did. And so everything that you're needing to, le- to live the fulfilled Christian life, to live in relationship with God is gonna come out of that space. And the Holy Spirit will always take you and he will always direct you back to that space. Because in that space is freedom, in that space is healing, in that space is provision, in that space is blessing. It's not about him, it's directing you to Christ. Come on <clears throat> the woman with the issue understood that. The thing about it is, it was interesting because This was a woman of faith. Now you're thinking, aren't you? It's a woman of faith. Because at the end of the story, Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Do you know what that says to me? You don't get faith unless it's imparted to you by the Spirit of God. Because faith is imparted through rhema, which is revelation. So somewhere along the line, she had heard Jesus speaking. Somewhere along the line, she had been somebody in the crowd that heard who he was, what he was all about, and she heard the words come out of his mouth. And it touched her so deeply that it affected who she was. And she knew the very person who had authored those words. I've got to go back to who he was. Because if I can get back to who he is, and if I can let this faith, this confidence drive me back to his presence, something will happen in my life. He is the author and the finisher. What he, what he gives you in your life, he is the one who will fulfill it. It's important to look at that because I'm going to speak to, about that in a little bit more detail later. But what's important for us to recognize is that sometimes what we do is we divorce the things of God from the presence of God. What happens is we think we can go and we can step into blessing and we can step into our healing and we're looking for God to do some stuff in our life. And what he's saying is, I gave you a word, I authored it, but I'm also the one who will fulfill it. And so it means we go back to him. I have to get connected with his presence. His presence is everything. She recognized the fact that I had a promise from him that if I could just get into his presence, I would be healed. And she it was such a strong driver in her life. It put her in a place that she was like, I don't even have to sit in his lap. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch his presence, I know what's in that presence. And I know that presence has everything that it needs to fulfill what it is that I'm looking for. It'll fulfill. It'll make me new. And when she moved into that space and all of a sudden she was healed, power was released. Power was released. And nobody else recognized it except the woman in Jesus. And they were all bewildered. The very fact that he asked who touched me. They didn't get it. Come on. Things happen in the presence of God. And unless we have the presence of God, and unless we move to a place where we allow the presence of God to have preeminence and to, be, to dominate in our lives, we end up in, in a compromised Christian experience. And we end up frustrated very often. To be people of presence is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be people of presence is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ in you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes as the Spirit of Christ, and he lives on the inside of you. Incarnational reality. Think about what's just happened to you. Jesus, who walked around healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the 5,000, doing the miraculous because the presence was with him, died so that the presence could come out and the presence could come and reside on the inside of you. The presence is with you. The presence is powerful. The presence is the manifestation of God in your life. And sometimes we discount it because I got a ticket to heaven. I got a ticket to heaven. So when I die, it'll be okay. But he never put his presence on the inside of us to give us simply a free ticket to heaven. The reason that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us is because he wants to introduce us. He wants to reveal Christ to us. That is his purpose. He's always going to go back to Christ. So every situation that you're in, every circumstance, anything that you're going through in that place, what he's going to do is if you ever approach him and sit and say, Holy Spirit, talk to me a little bit about what you're thinking in the space. He's going to go, go, take you straight to Jesus this is what jesus did this is who jesus is this is what jesus is all about he's here to reveal jesus to you what he wants you to do is he wants you to be at a place where you begin to recognize and and begin to live from a completely different arena we begin to live from the presence on the inside of us yeah. Amen. It becomes pertinent and it becomes relevant, because it introduces the truth that Christianity is about relationship. Christianity is about relationship. We want to pursue knowledge and other things, and I'm not for a moment saying that those things are not bad. They have their place. There's a reason that God put teachers as part of the fivefold ministry. We need to have teachers. The point of it is, everything that you get outside of that realm is always designed to lead you back to presence. Every time that you get something from him, a revelation, an insight, a spiritual insight, the whole purpose of that is to take you to a place where it leads you back to presence. It leads you back to him. So think about this. If you're a born-again person, you have the presence of God dwelling on the inside of you. It's life. The thing about life is life is not static. The thing about life is life is always moving. Life is always happening. Things are going on as a result of life being a part of who we are. And so because we have his presence on the inside of us, it introduces us to a concept called kingdom. I I just want to touch on this. I might speak about it a little bit more next week or the week after. But the whole purpose of kingdom is kingdom is your life. And the presence is the king coming and taking up residence in that domain. And what he wants to do is he wants to introduce himself to us. Relationships takes different aspects of who we are and says, you know what? Let me discover who you are in this place. And every time we allow him to come into that space and to have influence in that place, and when he becomes Lord of that place, what ends up happening is that aspect of my life gets con- becomes an extension of kingdom. He's wanting to come in and overtake your life. Two in one body. But the point of it is this. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He's doing something on the inside of us. The thing is, we had an original design when God first created us, before we were marred with sin. And the whole purpose of Him coming and residing on, well, one of the main purposes of Him coming and residing on the inside of us is because He wants to take us back to our original design. Every part of us that's been infected and influenced by the cancer called sin, He wants to move into that space and say, do you want me to come into that place? Would you like for me to redesign it? Would you like to see what life looks like in this place? And he's changing all of those things. He's moving and shifting that stuff around. Why? Because every place he moves into, it becomes an extension of kingdom. It becomes important because this, we don't have presence on the inside of us for no reason. When Jesus walked the earth, he was the anointed one. As the Christ, he was the anointed one. But the problem with it was, it was the presence in the body of Jesus. And if you wanted to touch presence, you had to get to the presence that's why in in mark chapter 8 jairus comes to jesus and he says my daughter she's dying she's 12 years old can you come to my home you know what he's saying i recognize the presence i see the value of presence i understand that healing is in the presence i got to get you to there why because when you walk into that place she gets out of bed because it's about presence what happened in, in John chapter 11? And uh, Lazarus dies. Jesus is on his way and he kind of takes the scenic route. And he gets there after he's been buried for four days. And you know what happened in four days? Nothing. You know why? No presence. But when the presence arrived, all of a sudden the dead rose. Yeah. Why? Because the presence was there. The whole point, a big part of the point of Jesus dying was to say this, you know what, I can't be everywhere at once, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can take my spirit and I can put it on the inside of you. I can put life, I can put presence on the inside of you. And if you let presence begin to move into that space, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, all of a sudden what ends up happening is I don't have one Jesus walking the earth, but they're everywhere. Everywhere you go, understand this, the presence is with you. It's not you, it's him. But the point of it is this, when you lay hands on the sick, why are they recovering? not because we're so smart, not even because we're so obedient, but because we're resting on the fact that the presence is with me. And he's called me and he said to me, do this and put your hands on them in the name of Jesus. What am I saying? Presence come forth. What did Peter do? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, silver and gold have I none. But what have I got? What have I got? I got presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, presence on the inside of me, come forth. And what happened? He got up and walked. Why? Because I had presence. If we don't have presence, we have form. If we don't have presence, what we have is we have a situation where we look like God, but we got no life. It's all about the presence coming into that space. She didn't pray. She didn't pray. I'm not saying don't pray. but Hold on, this is not the point. (laughs) Stick with me, we'll get to the point. This is not heresy here. She didn't pray. What did she do? She pursued presence. We want to substitute prayer for presence. Come on. Prayer should always introduce you to presence. If it doesn't introduce you to presence, you got form. It's all those people on the beach who aren't listening, so we can talk about them while they're not here. <laughs> it introduces presence. Presence. She didn't pray, she went in pursuit of presence. Because if I find him, If I find him, if I can put myself in that place where the presence is, things will happen. We've raised a church who spend their lives praying and looking and searching and focused on getting power from God. God didn't ask us to pursue him for power. He said, pursue me for presence. Follow relationship, because if you can begin to relate, to the presence that's on the inside of you. When I can connect to the presence on the inside of me. When I spend my life sitting saying, you know what? Hold on a second. I don't want to live like I've lived all of this time. I've got the life of God. I've got the presence on the inside of me. What does it look like right now? Speak to me, Spirit. Show me. Give me something. What am I? Doing? I'm training all the time. I'm building my spiritual senses aware of the fact that I have presence on the inside of me. It becomes important Because power follows relationship. The investment of the Christian life is not the pursuit of power, but growing in relationship. The power is already there. You're just not relating to it. God can't give you any more power. He's in there. If I can just connect to him, if I can learn how to relate to him, if I can move into that space where I allow him to have freedom and influence in my life, what I'm opening the channel to is relationship. And any time the present moves in, the presence come, doesn't come alone. It comes with power. So well. come on. To be conformed to the image of Christ produces Christians with purpose. It's not just because God sits and says, it's a nice thing that everybody looks like me. Oh, yeah. There's purpose behind it. Because in that encounter, you're going to understand and you're going to touch God's love for you. And you're going to know how much he mean, you mean to him. And in that space, when he moves into that place, what ends up happening is, as he moves in, power comes with him. That's what we need the church today. People of presence. People of presence. Relationship is everything in God's economy. Before man had ever entered the scene, the Trinity lived from relationship. Before man ever was on the scene and created, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lived in relationship with one another. Harmony, unity, What ended up happening? They were one and the same. Three in one and one in three. Relationship, identical. Full expressions of one another because of relationship. When man was created, we were so blessed and honored because God invited us to participate in that. We were invited to participate in relationship with the Trinity. Relationship with the Trinity. You see, healing and wholeness, restoration, goodness, blessing, everything that you're looking for is who he is. It's who he is. And when we move into that space, we begin to realize all of the blessings that are available to us. It's not something that he has. It's who he is. When I touch his presence, I'm touching who he is. And who he is begins to touch and inform who I am. And the reason that's important is because when he starts to take over that space, what ends up happening is I become light and salt. Because it's no longer I, but Christ. That's the whole journey of the Christian walk. That's the whole purpose behind the Christian walk. God doesn't we have this idea that God sends power down from heaven to meet my need? Mm, Here's the truth. He doesn't. You see, God is power. He can't separate what he has from who he is. So I can't take a part of who I am and give it to you. What I can do is I can give you myself. Stop pursuing the power and pursue the presence. When we pursue the presence, it comes with the power. When we were in Africa and we grew up, I mean, one thing about Africa is the weather's fantastic. We have mild winter days, and summer can get hot, but it's it's not humid, it's dry, so it's nice. But when you get to Virginia, Virginia in August... I think I've been here 36 years, and I still, come about February, I start dreading August. <clears throat> but come August, it's hot. It's 100 degrees, and it's muggy, and it's sticky, and it's sweltering, and like, And you know what the best thing is? When it feels like a day like that, you go to the pool, and you jump in. And you know what? You feel refreshed. You cool off, you get invigorated, and it's like, okay, this just feels a whole lot better. (laughs) Christians who pursue power without presence are like people living in Virginia in August who walk around the pool looking for refreshment. I want to be cool. I want to be refreshed. I want to be invigorated. You get in the water and you get it. We want to pursue the fruit without the presence. Christianity is relational. When you pursue the presence, everything comes with it. But you can't get the fruit without the presence. It's who he is. It's who he is. So we introduce... His presence very often through worship. Through worship. And when His presence arrives, anything can happen. The reason that we're a church of praise and worship is because Psalms 22 verse 3 says, I inhabit the praises of my people. I inhabit the praise. Let me tell you a few things about this. First thing is this. We have people who come in here and they like, you know what? I don't know what it was. There's just something that just touched me. I just knew it. It was just, it just there's a feeling about that space when you walk into it. Presence. Sometimes you can't always articulate it and you can't always define it. But there's just a spiritual awakening that it's like, I can sense it. I know it's here. I know it's here. What are they sensing? The presence. Worship, praise and worship is important. God inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know that praise is the language of heaven? That's what you're going to spend eternity doing. Praising and worshipping him. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. But this is what's important. We don't have praise and worship to sing songs. Understand that praise and worship is a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual exercise. And what we're doing is there is an intentionality behind it that says, my responsibility is to take my eyes off myself of my problems of my environment of my surroundings my responsibility is to take my eyes off everything else put it on presence put it on presence and think about how good he is think about how wonderful he is think about how he's blessed you think about his love for you think about how he's cared for you think about I think one day we're all going to be shocked when God shows us all the stuff that he did for us that we had no clue about You had no clue that you were actually supposed to get run over by that truck. You didn't even know that. (laughs) But just the point is this, what ends up happening is the reason that it's powerful is because we put him in an elevated space. And what happens is I cut everything else off and I sit and say, my focus and my intentionality and everything I'm doing right now is based on you. And so I want presence and I'm putting everything else aside. And there is an intention that people sit and say, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Very often, this is what it takes. You start off in a place where it's like, you know what? Just begin to worship. Change the focus of everything that you're doing from your environment and begin to put it on Him. But when we do it in a corporate space, something happens corporately. And when the present comes, when the presence arise, anything's possible. Possibilities present themselves When the presence gets here. Proverbs 23 verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You are with me. The presence changes everything. If you having a valley experience today, if you find yourself in the midst of a whole bunch of challenges and a whole bunch of stuff going on, if you find yourselves in a really rough spot, look for the presence. Amen. Stop looking for deliverance, stop looking for provision, stop looking to feel better, stop looking for everything else. If you find his presence, he'll comfort me. You'll comfort me. I can get through it. The presence changes everything. The presence. Changes everything. I want to link that to um, Exodus chapter 33. And I want to speak a little bit about something here. And this is a dialogue between Moses and God. And Moses is talking to God and he says, Now then, if I have found favor in your sight in any way, please let me know your ways so that I may know you in order that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he, Moses, said to God, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. I'll get back to this. Do you know what he's saying? He's talking to God. They're in the desert. They're supposed to be moving into the promised land. Everything which was the ultimate achievement that God had for Israel. Moving them into the land of milk and honey, the land of blessing, the land of prosperity, the land of full provision, everything that they needed. And Moses is here and he's talking to God and he says, you know what? We might be in the desert right now, but I'll tell you what, as long as you make the commitment to me that when we step over that place, you're going to go with us, I'll go. But if your presence leaves us, I'd rather stay in the desert with you. He knew God so well. He was so intimate with God that he was like, that is worth more to me than anything. Don't, don't take your presence away. Don't take your presence. But then he says something interesting. Um, and let me just jump there for the sake of time. In verse 18, Moses said to God, says to God, show me your glory. He says to God, show me your glory. Get context. What are you talking about? Moses met God at a burning bush. That wasn't consumed. I've seen lots of burning bushes, but none of them were never consumed. <laughs> he went through the plagues in Egypt and saw all of that stuff. He got Israel out of Egypt, got to the Red Sea, had it open. Saw God's provision and everything that he did for him and for, the, for Israel in the desert. And he comes to this place and he says to God, he says, show me your glory. You know what the modern paraphrase is? Who are you? Who are you? And in verse 19, God says, And I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. Essentially, God answers Moses in three words. And what he says is this. I, if you want to know what I'm about, I'm about goodness. I'm about grace, graciousness. And I'm about compassion or mercy. About compassion or mercy. When you talk about glory, what you're talking about is a demonstration of someone's character, Mm -hmm. God's character. It's a demonstration of their character. You only get to know somebody through an experience, through an encounter. Otherwise, you don't know them. You've heard about them. You've read about them, but you don't know from experience. When you walk with somebody and you experience a journey with them, you know them. So when God speaks about the fact, when he talks about his glory, he doesn't say, I will tell you who I am. He doesn't say, read about who I am. Glory is a demonstration of who I am. A demonstration of who I am. What he's saying is this. God uses power to show himself to us. Every time God does something in your life, he is showing you an aspect of who he is. When you got born again and you became a new creation in Christ, what he was showing you was this. This is an extension of my goodness and my grace and my compassion for who you are. Let me take you from where you were and let me put you into this. Let me make you righteous. Every time God comes and he takes who he was, and, and, and uses, basically God uses power to demonstrate his character to who we are. Yeah. God doesn't have power for power's sake. God has power for revelation it's important that you get that god's not simply there having power for for power's sake Moses is sitting saying, I want to know you. Tell me who you are. Give me an idea of who you are. And God says, let me tell you a little bit about what I'm about. And he says, in essence, this is who I am. Every time you're going to encounter me, what you're going to encounter is you're going to encounter my goodness. And you're going to encounter my grace. And you're going to encounter my compassion. Because that's who I am. So every time that you you have an encounter with that, what ends up happening is you're going to have a demonstration of my character god uses power as a tool for revelation uses power to be able to take those aspects of who he is and deliver you because in the deliverance it becomes a case of i begin to recognize who he is he took me out of this and he put me into that when he heals you he's using power to sit and say you know what i'm all about life and so i'm going to take you from sickness and disease and poverty and everything else and i'm going to put you into what it is to live in perfect health. What is he doing? I'm using power so that you can be begin to realize and have an expression of my character. What I'm all about. God doesn't just have power for power's sake, He uses it with intentionality. Right. It's there because it is a tool to demonstrate to who we are what He's all about. The whole point is this, every time God meets us, every time we run into presence and something happens in our life, the intention behind everything is not the encounter, not the transformation. What's most important for him is that your breath be taken away because you know what? There was no reason why he had to do this for me, but he did it because he loves me. He did it because he cares for me. He did did it because he's good. He did it because he's compassionate. He did it because he's gracious. Every encounter we have with God becomes something which becomes an invitation so that we can develop relationship with him, so that our relationship and knowing who he is gets strengthened, so that I can sit and say, this is who I've known him to be. This is who I've known him to be. More than words on a page. More than some preaching that came out on Sunday. This is who I've known him to be. I experienced his power. And in that space, what it did is it touched a part of who I am, where it began to resonate on the inside of me. God wants for us to live from the same place as Moses. Whatever situation you're in right now, the invitation that God extends to you is this. Ask him will you show me your glory? What you're saying to him is this, I want to know you better. And more than just an understanding of who you are, I want to walk into an encounter of your being. I want to experience who you are. And in that transformation, I begin to recognize some stuff about our relationship. It starts to put meat on the bones of our relationship. If the focus of our life, if the the focus of power leads us to any other place as opposed to a more intimate relationship with the heart of God, we've missed the point. Power is not there just to meet needs. God does that because of his love. But his love is there to be demonstrated through his participation in our life. Every time he touches something, what he's saying to us is this. Just because I love you. Just because I love you. I didn't have to. I didn't need to. But I did it because I love you. God wants to shift our paradigm and our understanding of who he is so that we move to a place where we begin to recognize him as being a God who is good a God who's full of grace, a God who's full of compassion and mercy. In Mark chapter 11, um, sorry, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 and 41, a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, will you make me clean? And it says, and Jesus was indignant. And it says, Jesus was indignant. You know why he was indignant? Because the fact that you came and you asked if I was willing meant that you and I have never met. If we had met, you would not have asked that question. If we had met, you would not have asked that question. question. As we move into a new chapter and a fresh chapter with God, it becomes really important for us, I believe, to be able to understand what God is wanting to do in spaces and what God's priorities are. Because sometimes my priority is my healing, but his priority is relationship. And so we're kind of missing at odds because he's wanting to introduce us to a, a more meaningful, a more robust, and a more intimate relationship. And I just want my big toe to be healed. It becomes important because um, if you turn to Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance? The goodness of God leads to repentance. What it's saying is this, when God meets you in a space and you have an encounter with him, you will never leave there the same. And the intention is God doesn't want you to leave there just knowing that that need was met. What he wants you to do is he wants you to leave that counter knowing that, you know what? I touched his love. And as a result of that, I I want to change the way I'm living. As a result of that, I don't want to keep living this way anymore. When Jesus met the woman at the well, and he had an encounter with the woman at the well, it was his goodness and his compassion and his grace that affected her. And she left that space being completely changed. His goodness leads to repentance. The point is this, when that woman moved to the place where she pushed herself through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment, as she touched his hem and felt the power, she recognized his goodness and his grace and his compassion she recognized it and in that space love triumphed anytime we have an encounter with god which is transformational love wins love wins Can we all stand, please? God is in the business of relating. And he will move heaven and earth to connect with you and open doors for us to connect with him. I hate for you to leave here without homework. (laughs) And so what I want to leave you with as homework for this week is this. The presence is within. The presence is in there. When you got born again, he moved into the space. In the week ahead, be intentional about connecting with the presence. Be sensitive in everything that we do through life. i'm I'm training myself to do that. And it's so easy because we get so caught up in the busyness of life and in the routine of what we have to do and how it, it's so easy we just run, 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 run. But we don't stop for a minute to sit and say, "I'm hosting. I'm hosting. The presence is here. And I think to become people who are presence people, it really becomes incumbent on us to be overtly aware of the fact that he is with us. And to move to a space where the more we give him freedom and access to our life, the bigger he becomes. And the bigger he becomes, the more he'll be seen through us. And the more he'll be seen through us, the more our Christianity will come alive. And you'll be fulfilled, and your environments will be touched. I'm going to pray for you and then at the end of that if anybody needs prayer for anything um, won't you just come up to the front and we'll we'll pray for you but let me pray for everybody corporately first. Father I pray blessing over every person here today. I want to thank you Holy Spirit for every person that's born again that has the spirit of Christ on the inside of them. I thank you that the invitation is there and it's big and it's bold and the, the 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 heartbeat of you is all about expressing your love to who we are it doesn't matter where we are it doesn't matter what we're going through it doesn't matter what we think or believe it's not about me it's about you and as we take our eyes off ourselves and begin to put them on you We invite you, Holy Spirit, to take that presence and have influence in our lives. Begin to shift and change who we are. Reveal Jesus to us. Show us who he is. Introduce the fruit of who he is into our lives. We surrender who we are to you, Holy Spirit. And I pray that in the week ahead, you will continue to sharpen our eyes So that we see with spirit eyes, let us hear with spirit ears. Use our hands to impart presence, use our mouths for your sake. We bless you for it, and we thank you that you're such a good God. We revel and we enjoy, we celebrate your love today. In Jesus' name.